What's up everyone? This is Kevin. This is the Yoga Life Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Arm Apparel. What's Arm Apparel? I'll tell you. They are a men's clothing company that are encouraging more men to get into yoga and to move in general. All their stuff is eco-certified. They look after the planet. They look after men's health and they're doing stuff that is good for you, for the environment and for yoga. If you're interested in getting yourself some nice gear, go to om.com forward slash hashtag TYLP, put in the promo code Kevin and you get 15% off. Also, this podcast is sponsored and brought to you by smallchanges.ie, local organic whole food store believe who believe in a zero waste policy. You got to look after local. Shop local if you can. I use Amazon myself sometimes for the hard to get stuff, but when you can, go in, meet people, buy stuff in person that is hopefully locally sourced and is looking after the planet and look after your own inner planet because we're all made of the same stardust. You know what I'm saying? No promo code. You just go to Small Changes here in Drumcondra, Dublin, soon to be in Glasnevin. Feel free to tell Pada Kevin sent you and uh, get yourself some organic stuff to put in your face <laughs> all right this podcast is just me today uh-oh i'm just all on my own with my cup of tea a cup of coffee actually a second one today already it's not even 10 o'clock so um yeah i'm talking about how to teach workshops yeah because i've done quite a few now and uh, they seem to be going pretty well so maybe i've got something to help you so yeah here's the intro music I wasn't sure whether to name this how to teach workshops or how I teach workshops or even how to sell out workshops because maybe it's not important to you to sell out a workshop. I know loads of great teachers that don't care about how many people come to their workshops um, but more so that people are engaged and they they get some use useful information out of the workshops. I think also as well, having to always feel like you want to sell out is a bit crass. That shouldn't be your objective, just pack people in. Um, it should be to give people a learning experience that will benefit them. But anyway, I had to pick a title and it's how to teach workshops. I've taught about 10 workshops and the last three have sold out. Now, that I mean, they're sold out in big studios, small studios, so... Yeah, I'm doing something right. I'm, I'm getting more and more people coming. And not just that, but more importantly, the same people are coming again. So that, to me, that's a key metric uh, that shows me that I'm doing something right. So I think I've got something of value to share. Um, I will say, though, that it's different to a public class. It's um, And I'm going to do a separate podcast on how to teach a public class, how I teach a public class. But uh, we're going to focus purely today on workshops and what the difference is between a workshop and a public class. And uh, this is part of the reason why I get a bit anxious. So there's three main reasons I, I've identified make that make workshops different to public classes. The first is, in my opinion, obviously all of this is my opinion, they're there for you. Workshops are not as conveniently scheduled as public classes. People often attend because of the teacher, regardless of the theme. 
And my workshops often have the same people attending again and again. So there's a bit more pressure on you to deliver. Secondly, people are there to learn. Longer format means you need to be a way more skilled host. Some students are gonna be taking notes, they're gonna be taking photos, even video, and this is something I actually encourage and I suggest. Uh, in an evening public class, some students are there, they just wanna switch off, after work, move and breathe. Third reason why workshops are different to public classes is they're there for an experience. They're sacrificing their weekend, they're changing their weekend plans to go to your event. And they may, they may have had to get a babysitter, they may have had to sit in traffic for ages to pay loads for parking, to spend a chunk of their day with you. Public classes, on the other hand, they only last an hour. They're often on the weekend, uh, weekday evenings when you don't have much pressing plans. So going to a workshop is a big deal. Before you even think about how to actually deliver the workshop, it's really important that you do a bit of planning. It requires way more planning to teach a workshop than it does a public class. So before you even think about going to teach one, this is what you need to consider. I've got 10 things, so I'll give the countdown. Number one, what is your workshop about? Ask your students in your public classes or on your Instagram or on your mailing list what workshop they would find helpful. Is there actually a demand for your workshop? For example, I really like to teach handstands because I've realized that in class, it's quite difficult to stop a class and focus purely on something that most people find really, really difficult. Number two, create an intention. So your intention will determine the workshop outline. What I mean by another word for intention is your goal. What are the key points you want people to learn by the end of the workshop? Number three, define the duration. So based on your intention, can you accomplish what you need to do in the time period? So should it should you have breaks? Should it be over a weekend, a day? Should it be two hours, is that enough? Number four is determine the size of the workshop. I'd, I'd advise you to start small. The smaller the workshop, the easier it will be to get the learning across on an individual level. You'll be because you'll be able to get direct feedback from the students so that you can understand what works what, and what doesn't work, and then how you can possibly scale that up. Number five, choose a suitable date. I've I've learned this the hard way. Avoid bank holidays, summer holidays. When are people off? Typically August time, um, Christmas time. January, everyone's broke. Number six, choose a venue. Now you know the size of the workshop, you know the date, then you can select your location. For example, it's gotta be suitable. Like if you're doing a handstand workshop, do you need walls? If you do, do need walls, how much wall space do you need for the amount of people that are gonna be there? Are there pictures, are there mirrors on the walls that you can't take off? It has to be considered. If it's gonna be outdoors, what's the weather gonna be like? In Ireland, <laughs> you never know. Number seven, determine the price. How much is the outcome, the learning experience worth to the individual? How much is the venue gonna cost you? How much revenue are you gonna make or do you need to make 
for there to be profit. Are you going to throw in any workbooks, any swag, as they call it? Because um, you might lose money if your costs are over your revenue. It's basic, you're not economics. Can you break even? And it's not all about money, but you're not going to feel good if you're the one paying to teach the workshop. <laughs> um, number eight, set up an event page. This is critical if you're hosting the event with, with that you've sourced. It's not as important if you're hosting an event if it's in a studio you're already teaching because they're going to put a page up on the website. But my opinion is it's best to have your own page anyway because people aren't always going to go directly to the studio page. They might find it difficult to book through MindBody. And the fewer clicks people have between the point of I know about the workshop to I want to book the workshop, the more likely they're going to pay. That's if you make it easy for people. And uh, if you find that the booking system the studio is using doesn't suit you, it's complicated. See if you can take some, you can help out by hosting that on your website. In my opinion, everyone should have their own website. It's straightforward, you Squarespace. Um, but, but when you do that, be aware of any using things like PayPal, which charge you a fee for booking. And, um, you know, you can have people transfer to your account, but the bank account, but then that complicates it a little bit. Um, you could use things like Punch Pass, which I've just become aware of um, teaching at the um, handstand workshop at the Greystone Yoga Studio. They use Punch Pass instead of Mind Body, which seems very straightforward. Um, yeah, Mind Body can be really tricky. Um, even Eventbrite, they have um, fees and T's and C's that you need to be aware of. Number nine, make attendees feel special. So once the people are there, what could you do to surprise them? That, that won't create too much extra workload or cost for you. And this could be like the tiny little things people really appreciate. For example, end of the workshop, uh, give everyone, I, I give everyone a copy of the entire workshop plan. So I'll say, look, if you, if you enjoyed the workshop, leave your email and I'll send you on everything that we went through, basically my plan. Um, and the, for me, this is a very practical gift. That's my personality style. But if, for example, you teach a cacao ceremony you could give them a little sample of their cacao um, or maybe an example of the recipe you, you like to use if it's a, a da like do a, uh, if it's a dance slash yoga workshop um, like David Cam does you could share your workshop playlist what do you what music do you listen to because people often will say what was that song you played I really liked it you can share the playlist on Spotify speaking of cacao I'm a little sip of coffee Number 10, the final one. When it's all done and dusted, you've got to let the people know. Market the event. That is number 10. So if you're working with collaborators or another studio, market it to their email list, their IG account, their Facebook groups, put posters up. Use all, use all avenues that you can. It's, uh, it's important that you get the word out there and you remind people that this is what works for me, that the workshop is selling. If it's selling, if people are buying, booking their places, let people know it's half full. There's five places left. There's two places left. Or we've had a cancellation. Stay on the ball. Keep checking the attendance because that's that's part of your job is to communicate with the people who are investing in you. All right, so that is um, what to do before you teach a workshop. Now, how to teach. 
again, take from this what you will. This is what has worked for me. These are the best practices um, that have allowed my opinion for my students to get the most out of the, my workshops. Firstly, lesson plan. <laughs> you got a you got a plan. I mean, you sh you should and keep it simple. You should have three goals f per workshop. No more than that. Otherwise, it gets too complicated. For example, it could be right. I'm going to keep people safe. That is number one. That's my first goal. Is safety first. So therefore, doing proper warm ups and, and simple entries. If it's doing handstand, for example. Number two could be I want everyone to have fun. Okay, how can I make this to use this use of stories, uh, analogies to create an experience where people are um, have a bit of a laugh? That's for me. That's really important that people actually enjoy themselves and don't take it too seriously. And number three for me is uh, uh, in terms of a workshop plan for, for a goal is let it be interactive. I get people moving all the time, partner them up. A lot of time when people go to public classes, they don't want to, they're like, that, that man, I just want to be on my own mat, do my own practice. Um, but when you're at a workshop, it's an event. It's a weekend. People are a little bit looser. So you can afford to um, partner them up. And often people are a bit resistant to this. So just encourage them. Say, you know, choose a volunteer from the crowd. And, well, not choose a volunteer <laughs> ask someone to volunteer they normally don't but then show you what you're going to do as partners and then encourage people to to get together as it were number two in terms of how to teach a workshop is why are you teaching the workshop what what does it actually mean to you what how has it benefited you this is really important to get across at the start there's no point going into it straight away saying, all right, everyone, uh, welcome today. We're going to practice handstands. This is the warm-up, and this is what a handstand looks like. This is the alignment. People want, make it personal. Why have you made the effort to teach this workshop so, so specific to you? What has been your journey with this skill or this experience? How has it, benefit, has it, has it benefited you? They want to know firsthand um, why you're doing this. And, uh, you know, that makes it way more real. Um, make students see the connection between your ideas and your concepts. So as you explain why you're teaching this, then talk them through, this is how we're going to break it down. And this is why we're going to structure it this way. So there's actually a path, there's a journey, there's a beginning, a middle, and end. And they know from the get-go where you're going to take them for the next two hours. Not literally, but metaphorically, if that's correct. Uh, number four, bring, bring a speaker, if, as, as in to play music. Sometimes you'll go to studios and, and the speakers won't be working or you're at a venue and there's no, there's no sound system. Music is great for atmosphere, as in people come in, there's tunes playing. You can put smells on. I don't bother anymore because I find it affects people's breathing. But don't, or at least don't play music when you're speaking or don't play it loud, or just turn it off, yeah, just turn it off completely, because music is good at the start for atmosphere, maybe a little bit throughout if you're flowing, but when you come to breaking down, turn down the music, man, people want to hear you, um, you know, they're not there for a party, or for a, a disco. Number five, talk loudly, <laughs> focus on the people in the back row, because if they can hear you, then everyone on the front can hear you, get used to projecting your voice, this is a presentation. It's like a mix between a yoga class and a lecture. So treat, treat it as so, work the room. 
Number six, interact with people. Get them to move around. As I mentioned earlier, I would say every 20 minutes because we can't, as humans, sit there and just listen for two hours. If you're doing that, to me, you're not you're not being considerate about um, the fact that people have come and these are physical people that want to move. And often we, we learn best by actually moving, trying it out, and then refining. Number seven, this is a big one. Do you split the class by experience level? Um, in my opinion, I would say no, because it, in the theme of keeping things simple, teach the same thing to everyone the same way, but offer regressions and progressions. And uh, it just it makes things a lot, a lot more simple. Also as well, it's not great to tell people, all right, you're not very good at this, put you over here, you, you can't be in the, the, the better group. I don't think that's an ideal practice. Number eight, strike a balance between learning and moving. So again, teach them something, explain the concept, the benefits, the progressions, the regressions, practice it. Okay, get a bit of a sweat going, get some heat building in their body, then speak again, break it down. But don't be always stop starting. Give them time to actually practice the technique, to, to drill it over and over again. And once, read from the room, once you can see the, the, their body language, if people have their hands on their hips, they're kind of looking around, or maybe you know they're exhausted, or on, on the flip side, they're knackered, oh sorry, on the flip side, they're bored, then uh, say, right, okay guys, next thing. Is what we're doing, or let's get some feedback to what that, to what we think of that, um, that exercise. I've lost my track of where I am. Let me have a sip of coffee while I find where I am. I've got my notes here. Number nine. At the end of the workshop, when it's all done and dusted, do a brief review, a brief recap of the class, and ask students to say, "Look, video me or record me on your your dictaphone." Um, so that you can take this away with you. Because very unlikely people are going to make notes for the whole workshop. That's a lot of writing to do. And they're not going to be videoing all the time either because they're practicing. So at the end, you go over the recap, you let them record you if they, if they want to do that. And then you break down how the students can then apply what they've learned to their own practice. How, once they, and, then, and, and as doing that, can they then measure this progress? What variables should they be measuring? Number 10, ask for feedback this is so important not straight away while you're in the workshop because people need time to process what they've learned but once they've given you their email send them a google form send them something that's going to allow them to give you insights into what their experience was like this is so important for you to, to grow as a teacher to understand how people's satisfaction levels are going to change over time because they will do to understand how effective you are as a teacher. And often students will give you brilliant suggestions that you'd, you'd never thought of. Number 11. Now you've taught your workshop, you've got your feedback, it's time to refine. What didn't go well, in your opinion, and then what didn't go well in the student's opinion? So you'll find it, once you find a crossover, get rid of whatever doesn't work. Cut it out completely, be ruthless with yourself. Don't teach something just because you enjoy teaching it. Does it help the student's learning experience? It's so important that you you constantly adapt your workshops. You're keeping it fresh. That Even when the same people turn up for the next workshop, it's the same theme, but how you approach it is different. So they're going to hopefully learn more. 
Number 12, my last piece of advice is take other people's workshops. You'll notice what works and what doesn't work. And when, when you'll notice as well when students are getting a bit restless, when they're, when they're in someone else's workshop, you're the audience, you're the student, and you can see it from a different perspective. You'll get a chance to see in that role how other people teach workshops and to get yourself inspired, which is what it's all about. So that's how I approach workshops. I hope that helps. This podcast was brought to you by Om Apparel. Om is a men's clothing company that are encouraging more fellas to do yoga. Everything they do is yogic, from how they manufacture to how they package to how they approach men's health. If you're interested in getting yourself some nice clubber for on and off the mat, all eco-certified stuff, go to om.com forward slash hashtag T-Y-L-P. Choose your gear, put in the promo code Kevin and you get 15% off. This podcast is also supported by Small Changes, Whole Foods organic store that believe in zero waste. I love them. I hope you love them too. If you ever if you're in Dublin or you come to visit Dublin, go in and see them. You can check them out online, smallchanges.ie. But if you'd like to purchase something, you got to go in in person. Feel free to tell them that Kevin sent you. My next workshop is ooh, it's outside of Dublin. My first one ever outside of Dublin. It's in my mother's hometown of Wicklow or home county, should I say, in Greystones. This is where I'm going to be. August 31st for Heels Overhead in Greystones Yoga Studio. If you go to their website, Greystones Yoga, you'll be able to purchase your pass using Punch Pass. And all information is online about me, kevinboyyoga.ie. Now I'm doing my, my teacher training day. Open day is going to be 27th of this month, July. So come along if you're interested in being a teacher and you'd like to ask some questions. It's a free event, so why not? May as well make a day of it. I'm going to be teaching a masterclass just before that in Junction 6 as well. So maybe come along, do the masterclass, and then go sit down. We'll have a chat, talk about teacher training. That's all from me. You can find me on Instagram at Kevin Boy Yoga. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope that helped. And feel free to let me know if you've got any questions, comments. Uh, look after yourselves and each other. <laughs>